Hey, thanks again for tuning into another episode of the Conversation Podcast. This is a special episode brought to you by Cha-Cha McCurdy, Les McCurdy's daughter. This is the 420 Podcast. This was recorded on 420. And it's being released today, uh, April 21st. And uh, yesterday, it was it was a really fun episode. We had, uh, as I said, Cha-Cha McCurdy. We had Shane Spaulding, who works at a local dispensary and is our bartender here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. And we also had uh, Dr. Thomas Bush, who's a doctor, and he works uh, in the industry of cannabis, as you'll hear in the episode. And uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. We were all just laughing and having a good time trying to keep our minds off of coronavirus, so we thought we'd put this episode out for you guys and for all the people that are fans of marijuana. And if you're not, you might still uh, learn something and enjoy something about this episode. So please give it up for Cha-Cha McCurdy, Shane Spaulding, and Dr. Thomas Bush. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> Hi, I'm Les McCurdy of McCurdy's Comedy Theater and Humor Institute in Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota, Bradenton. That's what I like. The Twin Cities, Sarasota, Bradenton. And so uh, we're sitting in the uh, showroom because uh, we're closed. Uh, as uh, as people know, comedy clubs are all closed and have been closed for over a month now. And normally we would be sitting in our green room. There would be a show going on. And the conversation would be the conversation of the people that are hanging out in the green room. But this extension of it is bringing in the showroom. We are sitting uh, with the proper footage apart. Anybody that wants to wear a mask is wearing a mask. Everything's been disinfected. Everybody feels good about it. And uh, so we're just sitting here. And remember, the conversation is just a conversation. We're not, uh, it's not an interview. And today, because it's 420, ah! <laughs> 420, uh, yeah. Uh, fuck yeah, uh, fuck yeah. Cha-Cha, that's her. Cha-Cha uh, said, let's, um, why don't we do a special podcast on uh, pot? And we thought, well, how much fun is edition. that? 420 edition. So let's yeah. do. So we're going to go around the room and have everybody that's on the podcast introduce themselves. <laughs> and we will start with somebody you're already hearing from. Hi, yo. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cha-Cha. Um, originally from Cha-Cha's Cannabis Corner here reporting to you. Live on 420, I just want to say happy holidays with a Z, everybody. <laughs> All right, and? Hi, uh, my name is Shane. Uh, happy 420, everyone. Uh, been working in the cannabis industry for a while, so just kind of here to talk about cannabis. And also is a bartender uh, here at the theater when we are operating. <laughs> yeah. And Taylor is with our social networking Whoa. here at the theater and is still currently doing that. that. And we have... Yeah, hey, I'm Dr. Tim. I am a cannabis physician, uh, medical director at Point Lumino. AKA and Dr. Bush. <laughs> that's right, Dr. Bush. Um, and a marijuana doctor now.com. Anyway... Happy to be here. Great. Nice and welcome. our producer? Uh, Mike Stevens. I use cannabis. So <laughs> that's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> A.K.A. the gingerbread man. The gingerbread so we got in here and we were... Uh, a certain expertise. In that's, that's, right. it. that's all my expertise. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm a tester. Yeah. So we got in here and, we, of course, we were immediately all talking about old pot stories and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And now, uh, Cha-Cha, you are 26 Six. years old. Shane, Thanks you are... 30. 30 years old, Tim. I have shoes 26 years old. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm 52 now. 52. Mm -hmm. Mike. 28. 28. Mm -hmm. I am uh, 64. And, guys, 64. The, check this out. 
This belt I'm wearing, 40 years old. I bought that belt in the late 70s. That's longer 70s. than you and your wife's marriage. Yes, it is long. Yo, way longer. Way Dennis Hopper. That is a, I think I bought it at a Ozark Mountain Crafts Festival. Uh, boy, oh boy. But, uh, yeah, we were, we were talking about your local uh, craft festivals. That's right. Craft, not crap. Craft. I grew like up in the Ozark Mountains. Actually. Oh, did you really? I did, actually. Mountain View? Fun yeah. fact. Uh, Branson, actually. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> up in the very northern part of yeah, there. I grew up in Kansas City. Branson was ah. our white trash vacation in the summer. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, wow. The Redneck Riviera. <laughs> I got it. Well, there used to, there was a town called Mountain View, Arkansas. It's a oh, very yeah. small it's town. Just a, Ride there, Blanchard Springs yes. Caverns and all that. It's a chip And they had a big folk there. festival uh, every mm -hmm. year in the springtime. And we would go up there and camp out. And it was just so much fun. It was just mostly bluegrass. Nice. But people came in from all over. Wow, they had blue yeah. weed back then? <laughs> they had they had bluegrass. It came from Kentucky. I heard of purple grass. I never <laughs> heard of Kentucky. bluegrass. I heard some the blue good dreams. old Kentucky bluegrass. <laughs> That's right, Whoa, man. man. So I don't know if you remember, but you know, it's like, now, with medical marijuana and, of course, with how Medicinal high, cannabis, thank you. Yes, and how tech it's all gotten. You know, in the 70s, you know, it really 60s was when marijuana yeah. really got in, introduced to well, the mainstream. Well, there were still seeds in the plant. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah you had a double <laughs> album. You had a double album, and, and, and you had, a, you had a business card or something like that, or a credit card kind of thing. And you would sift it on the album, and the seeds would go down into the middle of it, and you dump the seeds, and that's how you cleaned your pot. <laughs> oh, there were stem seeds, you know, all that stuff. So it gives you but headaches, it, right? But well, the thing was, no. But the thing was, it was, it it was just this pot. cheap Mexican pot. It was Mexican brick weed. Hundred dollars a pound. Oh my God. Hundred dollars a pound. We call that. And uh, you 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 would sell half of it to your friends, and then you'd be able to keep half of it, nice. and, and so. So and here was the thing we 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 laughed about, you know, tops rolling papers. How many? There's a hundred. There's a hundred. So like Thirty-two or something. Maybe no, no, five, I think it's a hundred. Back in the regular, day, they gave you a regular thing was that money. there was a hundred, and that, these are the kind of tops that you, that people rolled cigarettes with. That, yeah. That's what they were for to really roll cigarettes. And then they were like, and Let's roll, man. so there'd be a hundred of them in there, and we would break open a pack of those rolling papers on Friday afternoon. And on Sunday night, we would be out of rolling papers. Oh, and you would go, there's a hundred <laughs> fucking rolling papers in there. You go, could we have possibly <laughs> in a weekend smoked a hundred joints? <laughs> I don't know, but we don't have any more papers. <laughs> That's what we know. Me and my little sister, well, she was my real little sister, but we grew up together. We used to have half-ounce Fridays, and I was, like, 17 and had two jobs. I was like, half-ounce Friday, and we'd sit on our back porch, and we wouldn't get up until we smoked the whole half-ounce. Was that medicinal? No. No. Was it a memory? Yes. People remember us as the half-ounce Friday girls. Well, I tell you. In the neighborhood of I'm proud. And, uh, I, I, I knew you would be, Mr. Elephant in the Barrel. But you know, but of course, but of course, nowadays, you know, and Tim, it's Shane. I mean, it, it's so potent now. I mean, it's so, which is the, in, that's the purpose of it is that you don't have to take much refined in, you know, Depending. to get to get a really strong. Depending on your habits. On your tolerance. Because you, yeah, yeah, because 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 depending on the habits of how you smoke is depending on how high your tolerance is. But what now? Remark on that, Tim. Yeah, well, so you just, can uh, build your tolerance I mean, up by smoking. Too you much. know, it's just higher octane stuff yep. than what they were used to back then. You know, mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's just 
same concept, but you just need just a little bit less to get the same effect because the stuff that we're cooking with now is it's been refined. I mean, you know, cannabis has been genetically uh, sort of inbred, you know, over thousands of years to to be really high in THC, and we're inbred. Hell yeah. Can we call it evolved? It's that Kentucky weed. (laughs) And I think that's exactly right. Got the inbred cannabis, that might have gold. Total GMO, When you say potent, we're talking about THC, and a lot of people for medicinal reasons are looking for other cannabinoids besides THC. Um, When I look for a strain, exactly, CBG is my number one thing that I look for. CBG is a miracle cannabinoid that is Uh, just... Cannabigerol, good for inflammation. They used to give it for glaucoma. Yeah. Uh, Used for, I know Crohn's disease is another thing. It can help with Alzheimer's and help with the progression Um, of it. There's not a lot of CBG-only products in the state of Florida right now. I know they have a strain. Uh, they've developed a to 60% University CBG, CBG. Uh, with almost no THC. So that would be something that you could technically legally grow at home in some places. Absolutely hemp. Uh, but that's the number one thing I look for over THC, actually, is CBG. CBG. I never heard of that. I, th- I thought I just, yeah, it's I just knew CBG. Yeah, it's like, the, like, it's like the miracle cannabinoid that nobody ever talks about. It's like the ugly stepsister that really gives the best head. Like, like, <laughs> like Nobody talks about her, but really she's the best out of all of okay, them. Okay, so, so were, were any of these terms or any of these ideas talked about? in your day was it was medical no. marijuana even well a, no because the no, studies weren't available then no. well of course I, I just didn't i didn't know if it was a, you it just was had like marinol and stuff like well, that no there was wasn't ma- even a concept though well of medical, was, marijuana. medical marijuana was a concept in the 70s okay, yeah. Well, yeah it was it was a concept uh and, and as a matter of fact because so it's been medicinal for the past three thousand years you're talking only for the past seven oh sorry over <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just i'm passionate i know get, get <laughs> only for the past take it in take it in and then then we'll then we'll go to you um but but you know as, as was uh um hallucinogenics i mean when when sure. dr timothy leary and those guys put that out there mm-hmm. i mean they were think that it wasn't just for recreation there was a, a thought and and i know there was there was talk about that with marijuana and there was already certain things that they felt like it helped with but it was definitely the it was recreational was the mindset there was the 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 mindset was not on anything medicinal in the 70s when it was first out there it was all recreational for sure yeah you know i i think now were you guys taking it for like spiritual reasons right to relax and to unwind kind of at the end of a long day or journey catch a wicked buzz that's all connect man i mean back then we weren't we were it, it was like well the 70s what happened i mean in the very beginning of it there was the push in the 70s 40 years ago the push to happen what has happened now the ability for us to sit and talk about it the way we're talking about it's beautiful. it the 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 fact that that shane can work at a dispensary that you can sh- change your medical practice to this which you think is great for everybody and Jack i mean that proud. was that was something that we felt should have happened 40 years ago Absolutely. but of course society wasn't close to ready for that right. And obviously, thanks, Reefer Madness. You know, well, it, 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 there were a <laughs> lot of that. Propaganda. But what well, you know, the thing is, you always got to remember, America has always been a primarily conservative nation. It has. There's always been. We've always. Uh, America has always allowed liberal uh, groups Consumers. to exist, and that's a good thing about America. But it's mainly a conservative Consumers. country. And they just weren't ready for it, and uh, at all. Well, and, I mean, uh, hemp you know, was completely legal and all of that, and yeah. then it was made illegal, and then in World War II, it was made legal again because 
Hitler bombed the hemp industry um, in the United Kingdom and in um, Russia and bombed their entire hemp um, industries. And then Germany started producing hemp, but then would only sell it or would only make it for their army to like hurt their entire thing because ropes, um, sales, everything, bags, everything, everything was made out of the hemp. And yeah, but it was just a, a good material for Yeah, but like use. rope and stuff they're using for like the wars and stuff. So it was like really like a war um, attack. It's, yeah. It still on is their one of the, economy. It's one of the best material. Like you can make Absolutely. one of the most diverse. But uh, America made it legal again. I think Lego is going And then it became hemp. illegal uh, again. Lego? Well, it, the you know, the thing about is there weren't enough people the smoking industries. it, Taylor. I mean, excuse me, cha-cha. There weren't enough people Thanks. smoking it uh, back then when it came well, down to population. Yeah, then it was an issue. I mean, you know what I mean? It wasn't an issue because it was just an underground. So was opioids and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. was underground, just kind of a sophisticated little weird left-wing part of the society. And they didn't give a crap about it. But in the 60s, it, the young people put it in everybody's face yeah. and said, screw you, we're doing it. You know, and 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 you know, and 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 you know, that was a countercultural revolution, and that caused a lot of pushback mm-hmm. from the conservative end of things. And guess what? Now that it's finally becoming legalized uh, medically, and then in most cases that moves to recreational. Well, why do you think it's taken this long? Because guess who's in charge now? My group. Yeah. The group that started it yeah. back in the hey, 70s, and we're like, well, okay, now we're in charge. Yeah. yeah. Legalize this <laughs> right. stuff. For God's sakes, you yeah. know, we Just know it's that. it's innocuous. I mean, you know. but Yeah. Uh, but yeah it, and my bi- m- the biggest segment of, like, if I could put my finger on a biggest segment of my patient population is the baby boomers. I mean, yeah. they're just hitting it hard. Really? Quite a few people that come in that haven't used cannabis in 20, 30 years. My very first day in the industry, I sold somebody your first joint since Woodstock. Which is right. kind of like a, a cool really? little thing when somebody tells you. Yeah, yeah I mean, they got their Medicare. And you work at a dispensary, I haven't obviously. Smoked yeah. since what stock? Yeah. Right. Because, you know, there's a lot of people out there I've found over the years that go. My, my dad was one of them. Was, mm-hmm. he, was, he told me, God, back when I was a young guy, he said, I got no issue with pot other than one thing. It's against the law. Right. And he goes, and I'm the kind of guy that if it's against the law, right. I'm not going to do it yeah. because it's against the law. And but if it wasn't against the law, I might give it a shot. You know, he yeah. felt that way. But and there were a lot of people that that were that way. That I was like, well, that. I did it when I was a kid, you know, and it was a little crazy. But right. then when I really became an adult, I was like, I can't be doing that There's stuff. It's a point where, like, the risk-benefit ratio. That's right, risk-reward. And then all of a sudden it's legal, and they're like, I remember enjoying that. <laughs> you know, that was fun. Right. And uh, well, that was also kind of the fun was that it was a little illegal. So I was like, you know, you felt like you were being It was illegal. Yeah, I got to say, ever since I got my card, man, it's just – a little less exhilarating. I remember yeah. in high school, it was like that was the thing to do. Like, it was, Yo, yeah, in high school, and you'd have to like you 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 make the little roller with the um what's it called dryer sheet on it with a rubber band, and you blow through it. It was like little um, oh, paper towel you went, roller. You had much more sophisticated methods. Absolutely, was yeah. Febreze spray. You were like the Dexter of smoking weed. <laughs> you could clean well, up. Well, I the wasn't crime trying scene. to get. Have you met my mother? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you met yeah. my mother? No, <laughs> I was, I was not, not that sophisticated. Scott, but I, that was a, a pot, that, if you know what I mean. I mean, like sadly enough, I remember that being a thing where it was like the the, the, the activity was to meet up 
find weed and then that was it like going to the to woods. smoke weed and yeah in the woods and Make be like all secretive of about can. it it's not like we were going bowling or going to right, a right, movie that, you know you, cha-cha you had mentioned this the yeah, other yeah. day and i think it's kind of fun uh everybody tell your first ever first time uh smoking you pot. were ever introduced to marijuana first time it ever oh, you know wow. was the very first time uh and i'll start for me, I was a senior in high school. Oh, I've never heard this. And uh, yeah, <laughs> this see, is exciting. Doesn't this, happen often. For he's me. probably never heard yours either. So. No, I've heard most. Of okay. <laughs> he hasn't heard my uh, first question. Well, he's most, most he's not going to be shocked <laughs> though. Uh, he's no, not. No, no. But um, so I was senior in high school, and uh, and I had blown out my knee for oh, the shit. second time. I blew it out in football spring practice, and then rehabbed it and then you needed and a then, break and then during wrestling uh, uh uh i blew it out again and i and so i go well that's in there's that's the end of my sports career because i wasn't i was barely good enough to play high school much less go to college. <laughs> i'll say what sports college career? sports <laughs> so anyway I go, okay i'm done i'm done with sports and we were always i don't know we were brought up in a tradition of around athletes and stuff our fathers and you know uncles and you know, this, that, and the other, was that athletes don't drink and smoke. You know, and in other words, if you're going to be a great athlete, you're going to be a really the best athlete you could be, a great team member to be the best athlete you could be. It was all around that, you know. Uh, you don't drink and smoke and, and do any of that. Oh, that well, uh, the, the I didn't smoke. The drinking, I did start drinking beer my junior year. Right. So before I actually, before I actually uh, um, uh, quit playing, ath- I was st- I was still an athlete then on teams, and uh, I'd seen two professional baseball players when I was 13 years old. Me and my cousin Bill with my grandparents in Atlanta, Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale, two of the greatest pitchers ever lived for the Dodgers. We we were going to see the game that day and the Braves were playing them in Atlanta, and we were sat down, and they were staying in that hotel, and they were sitting right behind us. Mm-hmm. And both of them were smoking <laughs> and had cocktails. So the Braves? The, the, they were playing the Braves. It was the, the, the Dodgers, the Dodgers. The, 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 these guys. And we went, well, there's two of the greatest athletes in the freaking world smoking and drinking, so I guess we can <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, uh, it's endorsed. Exactly. Yeah. And um, – so uh, uh, so anyway, the cool. uh, uh, so the point being on that is is that at that point I go there's no more athletics so hmm, what the fuck and yeah, so a buddy of mine uh, who uh, one of my high school buddies and I won't say his name uh, <laughs> but he wouldn't he some of my buddies wouldn't care this guy would probably care <laughs> you know he's a very successful man <laughs> very very yeah. and, and not for doing uh, this yeah he is. And so, no, I said, uh, well, no, not for doing pot. Uh-huh. But we, uh, he was uh-huh. like, he was like, he goes, I got, he goes, I can get some pot. You want to try it? And I'm like, what the fuck? Mm. So we went up on a part of Chattanooga called Missionary Ridge. We went up on the ridge, and there was a school up there, and they had a football field. And we went in the middle of the night, and we just parked up there and went out on the football field and sat out there and smoked some pot. Sat there for a little while. You feel anything? I don't know. You feel anything? I don't know. I don't know. You know, and everybody goes, oh, you got to smoke it a few times before it builds up, blah, 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 and all that stuff. We were like, I don't know. You know, I feel all right with this, that, and the other. We didn't really feel like we were that stoned. And then 
I got in the car to drive. <laughs> and, and boy, oh boy, at that point, I go, I took to my buddy, I went, this road is a ribbon right now. You know, he's like, can you stay on it? And I go, I think so. And uh, we were just in our neighborhood. But at that point, we went, whoa, that was nice. And that was different. It wasn't drunk. You know, it wasn't oh, drunk. Yeah. And you immediately, <laughs> immediately, to uh, to all of us who are like, this is a better, this is kind of better than drunk. Now, that didn't keep us from getting drunk <laughs> right. at that age. So, anyway, that well, was my first. Not. So, first ever. What were you, eight? <laughs> Almost. That's what I was like, oh, God. So, you said you were a senior in high school? Lower. You were a senior in high school, right? Yes. I was a senior at elementary school. Oh. <laughs> I was in fifth grade. Spring break. I was with my friend. Pre-K. And um, <laughs> her mom was in and out of her life, and her mom happened to be in her life at that point. And um, we were hanging out at her house, and her mom came in and was like, y'all want to smoke some chronic? And we were like, well, my little goody good two shoes ass in my head was like, oh man, I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> my friend's like, yeah. That was the right thing to be saying to yourself at the age of 11. <laughs> and then I was uh, like, correct. No, I, <laughs> you're not ready for this. <laughs> no. The right old then, age of 11. You were right on the money on that thong. <laughs> By the way, I had just put on my first thong, so oh, that was, I was good. feeling oh, really adult like. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, two two. <laughs> and then and then we smoked and it was fan fucking tastic. But it was she's like it's called creeper, so <laughs> you just gotta wait a minute. And I'm like, what does that even mean? And then Jamie was like, nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. And then and then Will Ferrell stole that. And then no, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> but <laughs> um, and then next thing you know. It was dinner time. It was starting to kick in, and then the guy that her mom was living with, we had. The, she was like, "Oh, by the way, he can't know that I let you guys smoke." And I was like, "Great, by the way. <laughs> great." Yeah. So then we went. We had dinner, and we're just like, and we like, we were like, girls. We were like, "Oh my god, we don't want to eat this." So, but, but that night we ate all of it, <laughs> licked our plates. Retreated to our rooms without saying a word, and the next thing you know, I see on the on the top shelf of a bookshelf an orange cleaning bottle, and then I start laughing because the color orange is so fucking lonely. And I was like, I was like, orange, like who wants to be orange? Who likes orange? Whose favorite color is orange? That's a pot thought right I'm there. That's a weed dying thought. Dying, sure. dying laughing. That's not Mexican like, dirt weed. <laughs> no, that's, like, that's a no, different. That was lobby. that creeper chronic, it man. <laughs> and I'm laughing my ass off, and you Jamie's like, a story stop. Cleaning I'm sorry, my friend was like, stop laughing. <laughs> And I was like, I can't because it's such a cold, cruel world we live in. Everything is so lonely. We're all just lonely. The <laughs> color orange is so lonely. Orange rhymes with strange, but orange rhymes with nothing. Mm-hmm. And then so then she called her other friend to psych me out to tell me the cops are coming because I was getting on everybody's nerves. But I got er- on everybody's nerves always, obviously, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed. And <laughs> so, but then, yeah. 
But yeah. yeah. But I still, I was like, I don't even care. The cops are going to have to take me away because the color orange <laughs> will forever be the sad, <laughs> sick, <laughs> twisted color. You're going to be wearing orange. Shane, <laughs> what was your first? So, uh, <laughs> I, was my, I was 16. I was working the drive through at McDonald's. Uh, my buddy Kenneth came through and told me he needed 20 bucks. It's my friend, so I handed him 20 bucks, and he handed me a bag of weed. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was what the 20 bucks was for. But oh, okay. First one's Whatever. 20 bucks. Uh, my girlfriend at the time also it's worked awesome. there, so we went on break. I walked across the street to the gas station, bought a blunt. We went to the dumpster. You I miraculously never, knew how to rolled, roll it? No, no, I did not at all. I folded a blunt. <laughs> I, folded, I put weed, yes. and you kind of just... And uh, it didn't stay lit. You had to keep lighting it. A bunch of it fell out. It tasted horrible. Oh my God. But, uh, you know, not a bad shift at McDonald's. After <laughs> you, get, you get $6 for tax of free food. You just kind of hang out with your buddies for a couple hours. Yes. Nice. Good day for a 16-year-old. Oh, oh I, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. <clears throat> Doc? Awesome. Well, I, I have a very non-traditional story. Um, actually, I was one of those people that never, never did it until, like, a couple of years ago. Actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> I, you know, working 20 years as an OBGYN, I'm like, uh, just, First you know, push. yeah, I mean, just always, <laughs> I never did that, you know, um, everyone else did that while I was studying and stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. He was studying yeah. other bushes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had a, I had a degree, I had a, a degree in, in, in bush of another sort, so, uh, <laughs> um, and then I got sidelined with a back injury and um, found myself doing that opioid thing that mm. you know uh, everyone yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that you the know traps. Opioids so many suck, thousands man. of people Awful. get caught up in that every year and yeah. die and 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 i literally I, I saw that as my future one day and i like i gotta find some way away from this well congratulations and so um, after about three years of i don't know about a hundred milligram of of oxy a day i um, oh just a hundred milligram of oxy i mean it, this is going to a lot to me. <laughs> There's uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, I decided when this script was out, I was done. Uh, we'll just figure out how to be done with it, but I was going to be done with it. And so I uh, quit cold turkey, which I don't yeah. recommend to everyone. There's other ways to do this, but yeah. I figured, you know, I had resources, and, you know, yeah. I'd, you know I'm a physician. I have, you know. Right. You knew I what can, you were I getting I can deal. Into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can yeah, deal yeah. with this. So uh, I did it, and I was about two days in and just feeling really terrible. And buddy of mine comes rolling in one morning someone who I see infrequently and he's kind of one of those fun crazy Kramer type guys dumpster diver anyway he rolls up unexpectedly it's 8 o'clock in the morning comes in he's like man you look like hell what's wrong with you I said well you know I quit taking those pills and he's oh I know what you need so he goes out to his truck comes back in and hands me this joint and this was this was like the first thing my, my introduction to cannabis. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I figured, well, when in Rome, right? What do I got to lose? Yeah. That was, I mean, that is not a fun process. When in detox, why not? Coming off of, right. So yeah. anyway, that, I mean, I don't even remember the rest of that week being any <laughs> big deal, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but here you are, I mean, opiate I mean, free. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I mean, uh, the only, the only part of that whole detox that, that I even really remember was... Did it effectively uh, help with the pain? Absolutely. It helped with every aspect of it. Yeah. Wow. Every I've had a few people it. that... Absolutely. I've had a couple of people that were on oxys for, yeah. for, for valid reasons, sur a lot of surgeries and stuff. They're older and this, that, and the other. Oh, yeah. And they went pot, and they loved it at first. 
but then there was a point where it, it the pain came back and that wasn't well, maybe they, they got used CBD. to it or whatever well, they weren't doing the, the right the, thing they do not doing the right dosages. one of the one of the inherent uh, peculiarities of cannabis when you when using it especially medicinally in any form is that your body once it sort of gets used to what you're doing once wants it to be different and so you have to intake have more to switch it up a little bit you have to intake and more because so, yeah. your threshold so gets higher initially and then you know, it, you know the, your nine pound hammer starts feeling a six mm. pound hammer that's when you switch yeah. it up to and the three, three pound hammer and a four pound hammer uh-huh. see what i mean like i've been I've trying to explain to some people in this say room that as well if yes. you switch to different terpene <laughs> profiles if yes. you switch to different cannabinoid content terps are everything it's all about entourage terp nation for sure yeah yeah so and and i think and I'm not so like someone who's been smoking for like 14 years they would obviously and like smoking like 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 up to like two to three ounces a day for up until a day that's a lot I'm sorry two to three ounces a week <laughs> two to three ounces a week <laughs> for like six fireplace two to three ounces a week from like 19 <laughs> to like 25 and they started like smoking in like fifth grade and let's just say and then you know they slow down for a while because of you know babies coming that's to a like rapper's diet like, two to three but ounces like you would say your threshold would be higher than the average 50 year old man who only smokes at night but, right? but but in there like a, a their threshold would be higher. Of course, I, I mean that that just so it would take sense. someone but seven or eight But the thing is, is that this. there seems there there uh, there seems to be medically, and I think there's I want to say there's other medications. Oh well, there are, and and I'll tell you what they are. They're they're the uh, the antidepressant medication. Ooh. The thing is, is that Sorry. it's well known with any what I've been talking with antidepressant medications is that is that after a while your body gets used to it. And lots of times something that worked very well for you for a period of time all of a sudden isn't working for you anymore. And so you have to switch it up with some, you have to start playing with stuff. And I know switch that with, the uh, with, 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 with antidepressants, they say Lionel. it's a constant. Lionel. Lionel. Yes, it's a constant, um, you know, uh, um, program of playing with different things till you get something to the right level but always kind of knowing the frustration of knowing that it probably is not gonna last over a certain amount of time and now I'm gonna have to go through this process again and I think that's why the concept that's of frustration is so important like slowly increasing your dose and mm-hmm. starting off with a very small dose when I have somebody that comes in and particularly if they've never used cannabis before that you know they sometimes they just want to buy the strongest thing they can get because they Dude. think they can use less of it and they're gonna use their money more wisely that way Right. But you really want to start with something up. that you can very easily control your dosage. You can say, hey, I'm taking exactly three milligrams. I'm taking exactly five milligrams. So you can take repeatable doses and get repeatable results every single time. Same thing with medications. You're taking okay. one pill. You're not going to guess how much medication is in that. You're taking a specific amount. Well, you know, Doc, on that, totally I've agree. always thought totally that agree. the amazing thing that we have le- that we have legislated, legalized medical marijuana the way we have is that we've allowed a certain amount of experimentation because we go it's the only medication that you're going to give a prescription for that's not exact it's different it's that, different that, for yeah, everybody you, there's no way to exactly depending do it, on your right? weight and your severity of your um ailment and everything right yeah absolutely i mean the way it's set up i mean there has to be latitude in it i mean absolutely. i mean i mean first and foremost i mean we don't have lots of good data to to know where to point and shoot so you know 
and even if we did, you have to understand this whole thing is conceptually a moving target anyway. And, and sort of everyone responds just a little bit differently than other people to different things. And so, you know, and it's going to be inherently a shell game, you know. Especially with the progression of exactly. cannabis and, and, and how far it's come and how far it keeps going. Yeah. So when well, I so look, when I, different. Yeah. No, go, but I was just thinking. So, so when we transition nationally, and we eventually will, you know, same as Canada's done. Ballots? When will when will eventually transition into being recreational, pretty much everywhere, and it will. It'll just it, it takes a certain amount of time. Yeah, we're, we're never we're never like Canada as a nation going to do it nationally. Shout that, out to Canada. That by won't the way. happen. I don't you think America. But most thing. states are going to are going to do it. So you're you in a state where it's actually. where it's recreationally legal, medical legal, recreational legal. What is I don't know is, is there a is there a problem with that medically because when it's recreationally legal they're just like, well, I'm not going to go through a doctor. I'm not going to get advice. I'm just going to go buy some pot. So I know the doctors in Canada, after they went legal, um, they started noticing that a lot of the patients that were coming in just to get high, yeah. they no longer came in because they could just go to the store and get they it. They could now focus so on their regular, their actual, real patients. To focus conversations with people. Biggest issue I see with my patients is they went to get a doctor, and they're nervous about the process because they're trying to get a card, and it feels wrong and illegal to them. So they don't ask the same questions they'd ask at their other doctor's offices. Oh. So when they come in to see someone at their dispensary, they don't really know what they're taking. They Got maybe yeah. you know, know a little bit about CBD THC because they saw it on TV. Right. They maybe know that indica is supposed to make you a little sleepy and sativa can make you energetic. But I mean, like we talked about before, everybody's different. So that's not gonna be the same for everybody anyway. Right. So if you free up everybody that's coming in to see the doctors just because they want access to cannabis, you actually have the time for the doctors to, to focus on the real patients gotcha. solve their medical gotcha. issues. So and the other thing, so you know, recreational like, is a good thing. A lot of things, yes. like, you know, what's scary to me that he's talking about like people, like what people don't know is that like, like the CYP450 enzyme and a lot of medications like, um, and like uh, pills, like uh, medications um, that uh, people take. Um, keep it going because I have to pee. I well, go waited, ahead. I've waited. I can't go wait. pee. Go pee. <laughs> so whenever you're consuming cannabis and it has, unless the CBD has been extracted from it, but anything with CBD in it, even if you don't consume cannabis that has THC in it and you only consume the CBD, CBG, CBN, CBC, whatever you need, whatever, whatever cannabinoid it is, but the CBD and the other cannabinoids besides THC, um, the way that they interact with the CYP450 enzymes um, in your medications is that it actually blocks it out. So you're not getting the medicinal benefits from your medications that have those enzymes, the pills, nor are you getting the medicinal be um, 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 medicinal benefits from the medications that you took because it blocks each other out. So then it just cancels. It, it, it's like you took nothing. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So, um, so basically if your doctor tells you that you cannot consume or eat anything with grapefruit in it while taking a medication, um, it's the same as cannabis. Um, oh, it reacts the that. same with the CYP450 right, enzymes. Right. So that way, um, so yeah, you can't have grapefruit cause it'll cancel it out. Mm. Um, like, like some certain antibiotics, same yeah. thing with birth control. <laughs> How I had my baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, same thing with CBDs and um, uh, other certain cannabinoids. Yeah, it blocks it out. So, you, so, so I am saying cannabis is great and cannabis is medicinally beneficial, but it's not going to be medicinally beneficial for most 
people that are on these medications with CYP450 enzymes, so know what you're taking before you take it. Right. And again, I think and that don't goes mix back it. to don't talking to your doctor, it. both your yeah. cannabis doctor and your regular doctor, yeah. to make sure that those medications yep. Yep. don't. And, right. and the sad part about CBD stores, because some people don't have cannabis doctors, because they don't want the THC. They well, if you're going CBD. into a CBD, CBD store people, they're or even not a cannabis dispensary, they're not trained on your medication. They're not in a place where they well, can yeah, talk to you about Well, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say is, like, yeah, consult is both. Like the people that like go to like, just CBD well, they're, stores, because it's not the THC, THC, it's the CBD. CBD. Like, we really, we, um, like, if you're going into a, a dispensary, they're there to talk to you about the products that they sell. Yes. They're not there to talk to you about their yes. conditions. But we're not talking about dispensaries right now, we're talking about CBD stores. But what are the odds that CBD stores are employing people that are trained on medications? Well, I think that CBD stores should be employing people that are trained on cannabis and cannabinoids and CBD and CBG, and they should be trained on the fact that the it's not medicinally beneficial if you are taking a CYP450 enzyme medication, which there's 42 different medications that fall in under in the categories that have different medications in those 42 different categories that have the CYP450 enzymes, and it actually blocks out those medicinal, and one of them is HIV medication. And most of the HIV medications that are out there, if you take CBD, and these CBDD stores are not educated because they are not medical doctors they're just people that are working at a store for cbd but they don't know so then they're selling this old person or this person whoever age they are on this like certain like heart medication or this hiv medication and they're selling them cbd because the doctors aren't telling them oh don't take cbd they're saying oh don't don't eat grapefruit well you know a problem a problem with doctoring doc and uh, tim from and then my cousin's a doctor and <laughs> and we grew up together and and you know we and we read about this is the fact that we we've lost that it, it's and I, you can tell me the term for it but where everybody where all the doctors have the same knowledge about the patient well cbd is not know? doctors well no no but the point being is anytime you're giving somebody something that is going to be a medication they shouldn't whoever's whoever should be is educated it, about what you're giving them that's right well they should have the knowledge of Everything that you are, to, in other words, where, what it really would be is, is that your main doctor, whoever your regular doctor is, you would go to them and go, hey man, I feel like I want to try CBD oil or whatever. And to your main doctor. But some of those doctors and aren't the, educated on it because they don't teach you about the I, endocannabinoid no, but system Pam, in medical I mean, school. I mean, uh, uh, unless cha -cha, you but listen extra. to me a second. I, I understand that. And I've been to my own doctor before and said, Hey man, I'm getting. I'm thinking about adding this supplement to my diet. Something I can get at Walgreens, okay? But I, I tell them because I'm on medications, and I want to make sure that supplement is not going to do something weird right. to that medication. And many times, my own doctor, Cha Cha, has told me, "Hey man, I'm not familiar with that. I don't know, but I'll find out." And, what and I'm then is they go and find out. So the point is, is that you're exactly right in that somebody at a CBD store should be educated enough to know that if you're coming in to use something medically, they should, they should go, what medications who is your you doctor? On? Who's your doctor doctor? Or they should well, know Dr. the Tim Bush. Great. Does Dr. Tim Bush, is he aware? Dr. Tim Bush. <laughs> is Dr. Tim aware that you're wanting to do this have you talked to him about that i think that would be your main thing you would want everybody to do correct yes, doc but you don't have to have a marijuana doctor to go to cbd Wait, store but i understand that. yeah i think i think i think though i think conceptually there's a distinction between the, the for people who sell cbd professionally and the cb people who sell cbd just 
at a convenience you know, store. <laughs> we'll never get the CBD at yeah, the convenience, convenience store, store, but a lot of these CBD people. 7-Eleven CBD, man. Your average retail CBD. <laughs> a lot of the owners don't even know this information. Experience that you're describing. Because they're hopping on the phrase. The professional the sellers kind. of CBD would expect the kind of service that you're talking about. So right. I think, but I think there's a distinction. Because I've definitely gotten weed at a convenience store. Yes. Be behind well, the convenience yeah. Yeah. Where else are you going to supposed to tell no, Not on aisle seven. <laughs> no, but a parking lot stop. aisle seven. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, the people that work in the, in the stores are salespeople. So to yes. expect them to be looking out for your best interest sure. in a retail location is very unlikely. Right. So, yeah. I mean, even going to a cannabis dispensary, if you go in and you ask about your other medications, the correct response from the person behind the counter should be, you should consult your doctor. Yes. Because they're not trained on any other medications yes, besides exactly. the ones Have they Have you talked to your doctor about can I ask you as this, do you, as at the dispensary, do you guys have a customer service department? Uh, so we do. <laughs> and is, HR. Yeah. That's just hilarious to me. Yeah, my yeah. pot yeah. has Absolutely. some orange peel yeah. in the bottom <laughs> of it. I'm almost positive. This shit ain't getting me hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised. We, uh, we do a decent amount of returns. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. Yeah, All right. Because what, what I expect. Because my pot dealer does not have a customer service department. <laughs> and you know, that's another Nor thing. Nor a yeah, return. I've been to certain to dispensaries a where the, like, they're like cartridges, like, yeah. have been like way lower than they should be because it's just like evaporated try getting like, a return from like your dealer in the street there, yeah exactly <laughs> i didn't like this yeah his customer service department is just doverman two buddies like <laughs> two buddies of mine uh uh that uh they were up in new york they were living in manhattan at the time and they went down they bought some cheap pot off the street somewhere up near harlem and uh you know just a little dime bag or something and they came back, and of course it was just bullshit. It wasn't even pot, it was just- Oregano? Yeah, it was just bullshit, right? Yeah. So they're all pissed off. So they go back down to the guy on the street, <laughs> complaining, and they go, hey man, you know, and I can just see I both of it. them being like, uh, sir, this, this, obviously you've been duped yourself. You know, this is not what you thought it was. It's certainly not what we think it is. I'm trying to help you know, you da, 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 da. And the guy goes, the guy goes, Oh, really? So you have a complaint about it? And they go, yeah, we do. And they go, you see that Lincoln Continental parked in the alleyway down there? Go down there and talk to him. He's in charge. <laughs> and they finally like came to their out. senses and went, we, did, we lost $10. Okay, all right. We got beat. It, was it wasn't even an ounce. It wasn't even a QP. Like a QP maybe. We ain't going to go, call the, the, the street corner drug dealer out on I the would, carpet. I do. I like bag. that idea. Like, like clearly. Not for a 10 bag. No. Yeah. I tried that one time too. I was like, "This isn't. This wasn't even enough to roll a blunt." And the guy was like, "Buy a grinder." And then he <laughs> just hung up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want from me? Yeah. Good response. Oh, I like that response. Yeah. But you know, something I was gonna tell you is that how you know Taylor. Uh, excuse me. Cha -cha, Jesus fuck. Excuse me. I can't. I can't help it. I named you. Uh, but anyway, um, talking about how the the metamorphosis of it being legal and or just maybe it wasn't legal, but it just wasn't nobody cared about it in the early 1900s and it's just morphed itself well it was it's been in the medical it became field for 3,000 years and know, only the past 80 has it been oh god yeah well the hearse it was well known that there were several there were several powerful people in this country that were very conservative that needed an issue for a political reason pot was a good one to jump on everybody could get into the evils of anything that alters the 
the I mean, hell, we were prohibition for a long time, no liquor or anything, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, so that you know, I mean, that that was just kind of a thing. But in this, it was weird in that in the '60s it popped up, and that was when you know the, the '60s, six, 65 to 70. I'm 10 to 15 years old, so you're just old enough to know kind of what it is and what kind of have an idea of what what's going on. You know, and by the time you're 15, you're kind of figuring shit out. Mm-hmm. And uh, then by the time I'm 17, I've smoked a joint. And then the 70s hit, and it was just like wide open. It was just wide open. I mean, it was just like whatever. The liberals were in charge. Thank and, God. And literally, the only <laughs> time a policeman, but it, the, from where I was around in Memphis, Tennessee, Chattanooga, not, you know, I mean, we're in the southeastern part of the United States and other places that I traveled to. It was like, to catch you with pot and arrest you for it, only if they wanted to for another reason. Mm-hmm. They really could give two shits about somebody smoking pot. I mean, you know, I talk about, as a, as a bit that I do on stage, is that I said, imagine this, imagine this. And because this was... This was what I experienced, and maybe maybe you did, maybe because you're 10 years, 12 years younger than me, but maybe, maybe not. Aww. But we experienced going to concerts, and you would walk into a place just like Van Wazel, 2,000-seat theater, and you would have, I remember going to see the Birds and, and uh, uh, Todd Rundgren and people like but you go in there, and there's 2,000 seats, and the lights would go down. And back then, you could smoke cigarettes inside in the good old days in the concert yeah. and so we could smoke we cigarettes go, inside the go, comedy club you go the lights would go down for the show to start and literally if there's two thousand seats in there close to a thousand joints would light up oh there's a, a thousand yeah there's and a i mean they would just they and, and everybody <laughs> just passed them yeah. you know nobody everybody they just they there was joints just going around and around and around yeah. and there's cops there there's but no, it's like nobody, nobody gave a flying fuck about like that. You know, they just didn't care. And th- it was just kind of an open attitude about it, unless you were being violent or stupid. Right. And, um, and, and that ended when Reagan, when, when, the, when the 70s ended and Reagan went into power. War on drugs. And, and ultra-right Thanks conservative Reagan. goes back into power. <laughs> You know, which, to tell you the truth, we probably (laughs) needed that at the time. You can't let the liberals be in charge for too long. Shit gets out of control. (laughs) It does. We we get too liberal. Yeah. And um, and, and things tightened up. But, you know what I mean? And then we went all through this tightening process for 20 years. And and then we're starting to come out of it again. Quote, quote, quote. Yeah. Anyway, Tim, you were saying something. Oh, we were maybe just, not. We were just having fun over here. <laughs> we, he was like, he was like the war on drugs, and I was like the war on drugs. <laughs> quote, quote, quote. Oh, right. fuck ass conspiracy. That's the conspiracy. The conspiracy is the war. There's no war on drugs. It's just war on the people. Never mind. It's just the war on the people. Oh, we, we're we not going to talk talk about all. Where's that Lou Angel Wolf when you need him? But the key is, is that uh, uh, marijuana has always been to anybody who smokes marijuana. Everybody will say pretty much, I would say 98% of people would go, go, if liquor is legal, 
then marijuana should be legal. Yes. You know, the, it is definitely if opiates are legal, a, marijuana uh, should be legal. It is if benzos are comics legal, marijuana do tons should of jokes legal. about if potassium it. is legal, marijuana should be legal. Well, because they the, both the point the being is, is you're talking about. But you know what I'm talking about, Taylor? I'm talking about what you're talking about, Les. I'm talking about what people do mainstream. You right. know, yeah. not all these offshoot things, but the thing is, what people well, do mainstream and, and alcohol and opinion. cigarettes. You know, and, uh, you know, and we've all known that. We've all known it for years. And it's just taken a while to finally get enough people in power, in power that. uh, But, you know, as we say that, still Congress to this day can't feel like they've got enough of a liberal base yet to take marijuana out of that class one and move it over to where it ought to be, where it's not with in the there with heroin and cocaine and all that crazy shit. It is, it is Every election year, I'm hoping somebody uses it as like a running card, and it yeah. just hasn't happened yeah, yet. Bernie, Bernie. It is getting kind of weird, though. Like, like I, I was trying to make a like a bit about it a long time ago, but like I, I smoked pot at a funeral. like, And well, not, not like after. Like, they were talking – about the guy and people were in the back like smoking weed yeah and i remember like the guy was the how person a weed gonna... smoker i mean i don't it wasn't yeah. had nothing to do like just the, the cousins of the guy who died just wanted to smoke a blunt well, was he a weed but, smoker though like but i've smoked it's not that many uh, funerals. i get, I get where mike's I've coming seen more friends and but this is where mike's married. coming from it wasn't about the fact that he was a weed smoker. No, it, it was, was just about the fact that they just wanted to smoke pot. They didn't want to not be high. Well, not to mention it was almost like a party. It was weird, like a funeral party. <laughs> it's not the fact funeral, about right? not wanting it was to be funeral, high. Like I think it was more of a ceremonial thing if they're smoking pot at a funeral. No, it wasn't it. like that at all. <laughs> there was no, like, this is for Bill. It was like, let's just smoke weed in the back here. Did they ask one for the homie? Yeah, it was, it was like the equivalent of Do you of know like, that? Were you standing right next to him? Did you hear the exact things you were saying? Were you I was smoking, smoking it with him, so I, yeah, I was, okay. I was well, a part of this weird <laughs> ritual my point is it, it broke a lot of like social uh norms you know what i mean like yes. every, i mean everybody was dressed up and then we're smoking weed in the back and i thought it was a little disrespectful but i'm picturing dennis miller I, yeah <laughs> i can't i can't turn down free weed ever so i was just like yeah we're gonna sit in the back and smoke weed i guess while the person's talking like making That's a speech you know the eulogy or whatever it was like you're part of the problem yeah you knew it was wrong it was wrong you did it and it totally did it <laughs> i mean i brought the blunt but regardless of that no it's just uh but you know what i mean like it's starting to get like i like it and all i i i support it but there's a point where like where it's like are we we're at a little league game are we smoking pot well you know what absolutely (laughs) when when they came out when when this first happened and all of a sudden they come out with the vape that you oh, can't yeah. smell the pot. Well, you it's think very weak. you can't That's smell right. the but pot. But it's a very weak. It's very weak. Very so weak. I've you, learned. you can get away with being in a lot of environments Much and doing it because sure. you can be in a bar, you can walk in the bathroom, you can do it and walk out. And right. nobody knows if it was you or 10 of other yeah. people, you know, because everybody's vague. It could have just been your shirt. You know, or so whatever, fake. exactly. And but But the thing is, when that got introduced, I went, that ain't good. An undetectable, an undetectable marijuana. I go that that that. Now you start moving towards people that were only smoking a little bit. Now are smoking a lot. Or the people that were smoking a lot that won't get caught as much and won't have that bad of a charge. 
<laughs> that's a, that's how, that's there's how always I look a silver it. lining in there. Oh, that's how I look at it, man. I but you're right. A a felony if you get oh, absolutely. Concentrate is way more of a charge than flour is. Well, but but to your point though, it becomes like habitually more available. So like now yeah. you just have people. Yeah, that's like, why I hate work. teenagers these days. But like you yeah. don't have to go through anything. To argue for those, you just though, take your vape When those were introduced, there were a lot of people, particularly like nursing communities, that weren't allowed by the rules of their communities or in smoke-free apartments that weren't allowed to medicate legally. Sure. And so when they were introduced with that, they could then stay in the privacy of their own home yeah. and not have to go drive to a parking lot somewhere and try to smoke a bowl to do it legally because their apartment complex wouldn't let them. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, um, there's pros and cons, of, yeah. but like, yeah, it, it, you know what I mean? When you're at like Macy's and some lady pulls it out of her purse and just smokes Man, it. Man, you're waiting on your girlfriend to shop. Well, once again, it goes back to the individual. If the individual user is the type of person that goes, I'm only using it medically and I'm using it very, uh, very mindfully. Uh, um, uh, it's a lack of a Moderately. mindfully. Well, mindfully. Yes. yes, mindfully is very good. Yeah, yes. um, gotcha. using using it. Then that type of person is, but then the type of person who's mainly doing it recreationally, and they might have other reasons too, but mainly it's recreationally. Mm -hmm. Then you're gonna, it's going to lead to, shit. I can you know I can be stoned a lot, especially with the type of work I do. And get away with it, so 16. you know you're just yeah, just yeah. It's a temptation mm -hmm. that I think. So I always put myself in line of work where I can be stoned a lot. Right, <laughs> that works out. Huh? It works out. There you go. Well, I mean, I personally, because I do have mental disorders, I have um, three chemical imbalances, and I have two um, mental disorders that are caused through past traumas. And I will honestly say that being stoned all the time, as you would put it, helps me. It helps me be what other people would see as normal. Because without it, people can't stand me. Own people, my own family have said, quote, I can't stand your energy. I can't stand to be around you. And, you know, it's because I have ADHD. I have PTSD, I have depression, I have anxiety, I have BPD, which makes me either manic where I'm like, or I'm like, I don't even want to get out of bed and nothing makes sense to me. Even though everything could be going perfect in my life, the chemical in my balance makes it to where I can't do that. But then whenever I like take um, RSO, which is Rick Simpson oil, and I take that for three to four days. I mean, for the first day afterwards, like I take it, I go to bed, and then I wake up, and I don't have to smoke for the whole rest of that day. Right. And then I don't have to like, uh, and I barely smoke. And it's, it's well, just, I know in like, your case too, it's kept like, you away from like pharmaceuticals. But like, I do feel stoned during but you, this. But you, it's kept you off pharmaceuticals too. You've always made that choice of going, eh. Oh the yeah, Xanax because motherfuckers, the motherfuckers, you know, them, things them like that. Them assholes like, that always forced not. me to be on Adderall. They were like, "Oh, we're gonna give you some Xanax." And I was like, mm, "I'm gonna smoke the marijuana." And they're like, "Well, that's illegal." And I'm like, mm, "Well, it's also non-addictive, and I'm also not gonna be a zombie." Yeah, on it. I'll go. Me. I'll go with marijuana over, and I know people and that that's are on Xanax. And we've always agreed. And, and, finally. And, and I know people that are on Xanax all day. It's awful. All day, me too. Every day. They stole I my mean, shit. They're they're constantly. <laughs> They're constantly on Xanax. That shit's yeah, scary man. too. Like, there's, there's been yeah, my cousin, cases uh, where like people they stop taking Xanax and they're like, I don't remember like five years of my life. That's how I was. So like when I was on Adderall for for a very very almost my life of like ever, and then I got off of it when I got pregnant with my kid, and then like all of a sudden like I realized like I really had like 
barely and the only memories that stuck with me were like traumatic memories or memories that like like the core memories on if you ever saw inside out but like the core okay. memories but like yeah i don't remember much like 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 like, like, like there's people that i feel like i've never even met in my life that have like yeah. stories about how i spent like four weeks with them and a hotel room and we're all hanging out da, 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 and i'm like what because I was on Adderall. I was on a lot of Adderall. For three years, I was prescribed 105 milligrams of Adderall a day when the average person is prescribed 20 to 30 milligrams. Yeah. But because I had a bullshit-ass doctor and um, the, the people that love me around it's, me weren't educated on it, yeah. It's it definitely overprescribed. Bad. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I drew all over my walls. It was great. I got prescribed Vyvanse, uh, which is similar to... Oh, Vyvanse make me angry. That's all I experienced. Don't make me was, angry. Yeah. That's what I think I of when I think all of I experienced. I remember, <gasps> I remember the first day I was on it, all I did was argue with my dad for the entire morning over coffee. We were just arguing. I was so irritable. But I could get my homework done. <laughs> like I, I was super focused. But I was, it a was little, color coordinated. But I was a little asshole. Were yeah, you, I was arguing with my teachers and were shit. Were you drinking coffee, too? Uh, yeah, I was probably. See, I was like that before the Adderall and Meth after the and Adderall. Coffee. <laughs> Woo! Keep you up, yeah. Pretty there much, yeah. But it's so it's it, it's I, good in small doses reading. though. If you really <laughs> yeah. need it, if you do have that chemical imbalance to where like right. it slows you down, but then there yeah. gets a point where it doesn't slow you down anymore. In it, I think that's the whole point it. with all of that. When you go back to it, it's it's all about especially when you're dealing with with anything mental, right. you know. But even physical things, you know, is that it is all about dosage, sure. and it is all about that dosage changes. Sometimes you need it. Sometimes you do need a little more. Sometimes you need to back That's off. That's why you always less. start so, with little. You know, so yeah. Microdosing. You can uh, always take more. You can never take less. as well. So whenever you smoke something, you know it kicks in a lot faster. Thirty seconds, two minutes, fully. Well, absolutely, effects, yeah. Quicker, but it goes through your body a lot faster. So if you're only smoking or vaping, typically you're going to want to administer medication every two or three hours. Exactly. Or if you take something orally, it's going to last you know, anywhere from five to six yeah, hours. Yes, so which I was trying to say So earlier. that's a good way to take a lower amount of milligrams. Like, like you said, you took like Rick the Simpson RSO, oil. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to smoke the next yeah, day. Yeah. So if you're trying to avoid spending all your med you know, medicine on vape cartridges are extremely yep. expensive in the state of Florida, mm -hmm. take a little bit of oral medication. Um, exception to that being like when you have like acute attacks, something that's going to be a really quick onset. We need really quick medication to, mm -hmm. to resolve yeah, it. Because I used to just smoke like two apes a week and like a gram of shatter, but now I'm doing RSO. And like I'm barely what's, smoking what's the two apes. Yeah, no, it's exactly, I totally agree with that. I say, I tell my patients, you vape to escape. So inhalation, you quick onset, uh, but, but short duration. So great titratability. So uh, inhalation is great for putting out fires. That's a fire yeah. extinguisher. Okay. Yep. And then anxiety attacks. Uh, like capsules, I like capsules now. They have concentrates in these syringes, but the trick there is dosing those things mm -hmm. is so haphazard. You gotta find it. You cannot. It's very difficult to it consistently. It all size of like a grain of rice. It's like 25 so milligrams. So tricky, which is and like it's five times what most so potent. It's so easy to get in over your head on that. So I recommend using the capsules instead of that, unless you're an advanced user. Absolutely. Um, or I, you can use that concentrate in bulk make like your own edibles and then yep. divide the dose then you can accurately cut that up but mm -hmm. just that right out of the syringes is, is really i you know it's tricky because it's so it's potent. scary it is i always do just melt the chocolate and put chocolate chips on a double boiler so a pot of boiling water another pot on top not touching the water throwing a bunch of chocolate chips chocolate chips melt uh that double boiler method keeps the chocolate from burning right you squeeze in the syringe mix it up really well um, if you don't mix it up well enough your doses are going to be uneven um, once it's mixed really well put on a flat sheet pan lined with like a, a wax paper. Uh, you want to make sure that they're spread evenly, again, so that your doses are even. Okay. Then you can just break that up, pop them in the freezer, pull them out as so when you say Today's mix, recipes were so brought to you by Shane. What's that? Today's recipes were brought That's to you right. by Shane. So, so when you say <laughs> mix it up, 
thoroughly. Yes, yes sir. Yes, how, absolutely. How long is that stirring? So it really depends. So a lot of the dis distillate is a lot of the product that we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of places sell it in a glass syringe. Essentially, they vaporize, they use a, a fractional distillation process right. to separate the, the cannabinoids, the THC, and a few other cannabinoids uh, with some terpenes to kind of make the old unique strain. Um, so you get a syringe, it's typically going to be about 850 milligrams of THC. That'll kind of change with depending on which place you go, if it's a full gram or a half gram. Um, so depending on the dose you want to make will kind of depend on either how much you put into the pan of your syringe or how much chocolate chips you put in. So if you do two bags I of chocolate chip with one syringe, your doses are going to be half the strength as if you did. So how long box. do you stir that to make sure that it? I stir it for a really long time. Like what's a really long time? Uh, like <laughs> like three to four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like cooking it always until your soul tells you to. It's all about stirring. Until your soul you says um, it's done. Yeah. You just want to be extremely confident. You very thoroughly yeah. mix the THC. So Otherwise, you know, one chocolate's going to be a dud, and one chocolate's yeah. going to. Knock your socks and out. that's why that's I like right. that double boiler so method. The yeah. chocolate doesn't burn, so you can sit there and stir it forever, and you don't have to worry about and, it. And, the and the more liquid, the hotter it is. I would be so surprised more, more that a true stoner could have the patience. <laughs> well, of course we have the patience, man. <laughs> or the focus. Well, I mean, if you want well, to, if you, you smoke a sativa, own, you got the you focus. Got the capsules. You can make your own capsules. You go smoke to the a sativa, make an indica. You get a gelatin capsule, yeah. and you can fill them up and make them yourself a lot cheaper yeah, that those way. Capsules yeah, are so, like so it's way cheaper doing it. Yeah, but again, like you was talking about, incentive. the doses. Yeah, I learned that this past couple months. Actually, speaking of capsules and making edibles, I'll go, I'll go reverse on you. So you've got your molten chocolate, and instead of using the true clear, the oily concentrate, uh, Move has the RSO capsules, which is a powder. Uh, true Leaf has the true powder. And so you could, this Did you powder, have the dumbasses that tried to snort it? It's actually, you're right. It's a water-soluble powder with active THC in it. And you can either five milligrams a scoop of true powder in your recipe, or each capsule you could open and just dump the powder in. You got 25 milligrams of powder RSO. Right. RSO so powder, so you, powder you can actually see yeah, as you're stirring and, it in. And every time you dump a capsule in, it's 25 milligrams. So if you want 1,600 milligrams or 800 milligrams, you can exactly dose yours. Oh, your that's pretty cool. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's soluble in water. It's soluble in all, you know, all those foods uh, and right, everything. Right. It's so easy. I it's like the it's a lot like meth, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's do it. <laughs> Let's make us some edibles. I, I had a. <laughs> well, it doesn't really work like that. Oh, actually, Moo just came out with um, uh, another powdered capsule, just THC, not RSO. Are there THC? Itself. Are there powders in nanotechnology? Yes, it's a nanotech. Okay. They call it end caps. Okay, wow. nanotechnology being they break the the cannabinoid particles down to a smaller size makes them easier to absorb, so you absorb more of the potential THC. Uh, you also get a quicker onset time as well. Hmm. The way that works is it's a, uh, the, the, the THC particle is a lipid, lipid, it's an oil globule, and what they do is they make these nanoparticles. Um, on one side, the particle is lipophilic, and the other side, it's hydrophilic, and they coat this li lipid oil with these nanoparticles, and so it's like coat not coat of ice cream and sprinkles, and yeah. so now you have a lipid with a, uh, the outer coating is now behaves as a water soluble oh, wow. product, which ends up being a powder in that form, and so that's the nanotechnology. I want to try that nanoparticles. Because I was gonna, I was, I've, I've talked to you about this before. Um, edibles. I for whatever reason I've done so many edibles and yeah. none of them affect me. 
Um, and I didn't know if you had any. That's what I felt until so I never. So one time it did happen. I, I did it with my brother, and it was the worst method ever. He took peanut butter and crackers, took an eighth on each cracker, firecrackers, yeah. put an eighth on each cracker, and then cooked them in the oven. And then well, we depends ate on what heat you do it at because that certain heat is whenever you activate well, no, no. the THC. This shit worked. So, okay. but the problem was he. They came out. They looked like Keebler elves, like like cookies. So I was have like, you heard of this doc? Yeah. Were they homemade edibles? Homemade from for homemade sure. Homemade flour and stuff. Yeah, homemade flour and everything. Oh, it was pr- there could have been a problem with the decarboxylation. No, no, no this. this yeah, that's what worked. I was saying. I think I've asked you before. This is the last time that this places, worked. Things that haven't worked for you have come from places like legal shops. Supposedly, yeah, yeah. Now they were all recreational, just, though, right? I'm not yeah. sure. I just so people just hand me shit and I eat it. Well, like, did it come in a package with a label on it? Sometimes some of them. Yeah, did. Yeah, he yeah. might have just gotten uh, Ooh, a like a sticker of him. Yeah. yeah, but, um, but I know another but thing I, that I've heard doctors talk about is that uh, so when you take an edible, your liver has to produce enzymes to make it water soluble. Right. And if your liver doesn't somehow produce the right enzymes, then you don't have the same experience. Again, I'm not a doctor, so I can't confirm that or not. It's kind of why I'm asking you now because you have the opportunity. Um, it's more of um cannabinoids are fats and when you're uh, depends on what your recent digestive gut meal load has been recently um, such that um, when you consume cannabinoids and with or without other fats in your diet your what your body's going to do is sense the fats and secrete bile acids from the gallbladder down to bile to sequester these these fats and so so sometimes when you have a fatty meal like peanut butter the mm. bile acids get bound up playing with the peanut butter fats, mm. and then now the cannabinoids are able to be expressed more because they're not more, competing okay. with the bile Because that was bad. Like, I remember we had those firecrackers, and we sat in front of the TV and, and watched infomercials because we couldn't move. <laughs> we couldn't move. I couldn't even get up to change the fucking Spit channel. Like ch- I, I was like, uh, it was, like, hard to <laughs> blink. My eyes were watering. You know what I mean? It, it was just, it was weird. But then every other experience since then, I've never felt anything from yeah. them. So mm-hmm. sometimes cannabinoid uh, absorption or effectiveness or effect can be affected by what, what else you might be. I've never heard of anybody having a bad, or I won't say ever, but I've heard of very few people over the years, decades, someone having a really bad experience from smoking uh, uh, marijuana. But I have had people have tell me they've Edibles. had a bad experience from very easy ingesting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Very, people with anxiety. Very easily in, explainable and they have bad that experiences is smoking a lot. Yes. Yeah. No, here's the and then here's the reason for that. So with inhalation, you're gonna have a rapid onset, rapid accumulation of THC in the bloodstream. So you're gonna feel it within two to five minutes. I mean, if it's a big dose, you, it's gonna hit you hard and fast, and you, you know you you may or may not have the choice to put the brakes on, but you're going to. At that point, you might lay down. The for a big difference while. is, <laughs> you <with> might. <laughs> when you consume the cannabinoids orally and you ingest them, they have to go down to your stomach, and as they're absorbed through your stomach wall, they go to first to your liver, and they're processed initially in the liver before they ever hit your bloodstream. Well, the funky thing about that is, is when it gets to your liver, in your efforts, in the liver's effort to detoxify the the active cannabinoids delta 9 thc uh it converts it into an 11 hydroxy form which is interestingly and ironically 40 percent more intoxicating right than delta 9. holy shit so had your liver just let delta 9 go through you'd probably be okay <laughs> yeah. but your liver revs it up and then yeah. shoots it back out 
you know, into your bloodstream on turbo. Yeah. And, and then, and, but that process takes about 45 to 90 minutes. So it's a real silent creeper and then hits really hard when it does. Oh, good old creeper. So the, the, the trick thing is with oral products is you have to really know your dose, know your dose start low, never redose in under you three hours. You can always hours take more, you can't take less. Because it takes three hours for that dose to peak. Absolutely. And so never self check on an oral until you're three hours in, and right. that's the rookie yep. mistake. Yeah. Right. There's a comedian I seen on Instagram the other day while scrolling through interacting and whatnot and um and the dude was like oh, i forgot hold on hold on <laughs> where was i've it? nearly done that That's three times weed. and it That's came back weed. to me every time <laughs> yeah. yeah hers is weed mine's 64. Oh, same thing. <laughs> kind of the same you get to a certain age where it's like you're just stoned you just are <laughs> you're just six what are you stoned no i'm 65. it's just <laughs> yeah, I'm hold on it's what'd Tuesday. you say though uh, it's funny though what'd you say that shoots it through your body like a yeah, fuel. yeah, like a rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm saying, saying, who's take edibles here before? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the people who haven't take, um, taken edibles before, I'm just letting you know right here and right now, if you have taken those edibles and about an hour after, you were like, oh, man, this is perfect. I don't think I could be any higher. You're fucked. Hold on. Because, because, <laughs> <It's coming. laughs> because the next two hours are going to be well, really you know, crazy, You know, man. almost in, Grab in, some in CBD. many cases, I'm, the people that have told me they've had bad experiences as best was because they hadn't done edibles much. And they or eat the they whole done, brownie and it's really They had done them and it didn't really, didn't really kick. So, they, you know, it wasn't a, a heavy-duty thing. So they take something and they, they, and they don't know the fact that it's going to take an hour and three hours to peak. They don't know that. Right. So an hour goes by, 45 minutes goes by and go, I ain't feeling nothing. And feel they it. smoke <laughs> a joint. I've done that with acid before. And it's then bad. it's like, oh or, my God. Yeah. Or worse, or worse, <laughs> or worse, they go, well, I didn't feel that brownie. Give me another one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they take oh, another yeah. one, right? Oh, yeah. Classic so mistake. The first one hasn't hit yet. It's going to yeah. hit about 20 minutes. <laughs> so they take the second one. 20 minutes later, their eyes are starting to get wo wobbly yeah. because the first one was probably twice as much as they could yeah. stand in the first place. Oh, yeah. And so then, if, now they're an hour later, and the second one hits, and they're the guy on the couch. Yeah. Feel like that's they're going right. to die. Who's that's having right. a paranoid. Yeah. That's right. Just I've seen I'll that. be right here. Terrible, horrible well, night. We've been, we've been going now. This has been a good podcast. We've been going for about an hour 20 or so. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up we uh, a tight, with a tight 60. the 420 story. <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, and and brownies came right into it. Mike, did you get to tell your first time? Uh, my first time smoking, smoking weed. Yeah. Uh, no, but. Oh, okay. Go ahead. My first time smoking weed was uh, 16, with uh, my brother. He like forced me into smoking weed. Like would That's not. That's what happened to me with fucking would Molly. Would not take no for an answer. Yeah, and and it was weird. We just sat out front of the house, trying to smoke. I'd never smoked a cigarette or anything, so I. <laughs> So I didn't know how to inhale. So it was just my brother and his friend roasting me, making fun of me. Did they force you me. to inhale? Yeah, looking like I was trying You're to. You wasted yeah. it. Yeah, and it was, my lips were all wet because I was nervous. So I just like ruined the joint for them. And <laughs> I never actually got a full inhale. And all we were doing was just freaking out, making sure my mom didn't come. Because I was 15, 16. My brother was home <laughs> on like summer, summer vacation from college. And then I didn't get high at all. And. I just remember being like, this is what they're all getting all excited about. Like, it's just, yeah. it just, it was more like scary. <laughs> right. I know my mom, my mom's like a physical person. She would physically whoop my ass if she found out that I was smoking weed. I was, <laughs> I was trying to avoid a beating. Exactly. And, uh, 
But then the, the second time with my brother, I did get high, and that was a different experience. That was like, that was when I heard, heard music, and then for the first time while I was high, that sounded different. And then I feel like I was in a movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. You ever seen like, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. The very specific scene where they're eating cereal. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. I felt I was I eating cereal at the time. Scene. And I felt like I was in a movie, like, watching myself eat cereal from the first perspective. <laughs> you astral projected. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't have real control over my motor functions and stuff. And that's when I was hooked. So yeah. I, but then the, the, the worst part is that, <laughs> that never that's comes back, though. But that never comes back. You, you can't ever get that first time high again. You know what I mean? Well, never left another color, that's, that's for sure. First yeah. time you take a dab is close. I guess so. Oh, my God. That's, that's the first, first time you die. die. Yeah. First time I dab, that <laughs> so, would change my day. Anyway, all right, yeah. so here you go. Um, all right. So uh, Jim Brewer, we all know Jim, and <laughs> yeah. Jim is uh, comedian Jim Brewer. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know who Jim, who might not know who Jim Brewer, he's on Saturday Night Live for a few seasons, and uh, and he was in a he's been in a bunch of movies, and he's been he was in one with Dave Chappelle, uh, Half Baked, called Half Baked, and they don't cook at all. No, they do. They <laughs> yeah, do uh-huh, they uh-huh. Do Scarface cook. cooked. Okay, cook. Scarface worked at the barbecue so anyway, until he quit. They they they're you know it's all about it's all smoking pot. And so, and Jim's got these weird eyes, and he jokes about it. He There's has these stoned eyes, eyes that look stoned when he's not stoned. Yeah. So anyway, he's the perfect character, and he's he's the stonerest stoner in the of all of them. Blah blah blah. In the movie, and it has a cult following. So, uh, Jim used to be an open micer here. I'd known him for for years and years, and then he got famous, and he really wasn't playing comedy clubs, and uh, he, was, he was bigger than that, and so he. Uh, Somehow we connected back up, and we got talking about coming back and playing the club. And he said, I'd love to. And he goes, I play the Capitol Theater in Clearwater. I'll just tag it on. We'll do just like one night at the club, you know, and so or, or two. So I said, you just tell me when. And so then he calls me, and he goes, uh, he goes, call my agent, but here's what will work. Let's do April the 21st and 22nd, that Wednesday. No, April 20th. No, 20th and 21st, right. April 20th, because I, uh, I was 14, and I was like, holy shit, I yeah. can't say anything, but she has Jim Brewer on 420. Yeah. And that was my favorite movie was Half-Baked at the time. Exactly. So <sighs> so we were so we, when he said the dates, I, I know what 420 is. It wasn't any big deal in my head. It wasn't something I'd do anything with. And, and Jim knew what 420 was, but same thing with him. He'd quit smoking they pot years ago, and <laughs> we, we just weren't into it. And so, uh, even though we knew what it was, so we weren't thinking about it all the way into that night. I mean, we that night we arrive, we're backstage. There's not one mention of 420 or pot or. Nothing. I was microwaving the food, and, and I so, thought about uh, it every second. So uh, uh, <laughs> I come out on stage. And I talked about the fact is I actually presented this Chamber of Commerce Small Business Awards. I was going, this is where I missed a business opportunity yeah. because I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware of something. Right. And so I get on stage that night to open for Jim, and the audience is strange. They're strange, and they're not bad, but they're just they're laughing at all the wrong places. <laughs> they're they're kind of they're weird. Just a weird audience <laughs> to the point where halfway in I comment on that. I go, you're the strangest group. <laughs> You're I laughing at the this. setups and not at the punchlines and da 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 this that and the other and somebody in the middle of the audience goes four twenty dude and everybody whoa and and I'm standing there going oh my god they're all high. I have booked the second coming of Tommy Chong on four twenty and I don't even realize it's four twenty and here's how I lost a bunch of money uh, if I because that night 
at that night in our history, uh, that was up till that point, that was the most food we'd ever sold in a single <laughs> night, ever, ever in our whole history. That's when we had microwave food. That Let was back you, at the absolutely. trail. And I'm going to tell you what, they were bringing food out. They were just bringing platters. I was working of, the food uh, that of, night. Uh, of nachos, not ordered. And just, you want not nachos? Not, yes, yep. yes, yes, yep. yes. They don't even care how much they are. They just, yes. I've never been back yes. up, ever. We'll oh, have the nachos. Oh. Somebody, yes. And we were just throwing food out like crazy. And I said, if I'd have, if I'd have been a smarter <clears throat> businessman, that night, when you came and sat down at your four-top table, there'd have been a platter with a dozen beautiful brownies i would have just people selling popcorn outside that people brownies. waiting for a line but those brownies there'd be a little thing in the top that goes brownies ten dollars each <laughs> i'd have sold every brownie that's 12 let's see that would be three thirty dollars times 270. that's yeah, how much awesome. money i lost <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Thirty dollars times two. Well, thirty times two hundred is uh, is six, so twelve hundred. Eight thousand one hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's eight thousand dollars. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was around five thousand. Yeah, eight thousand bucks. I lost that night. Eight thousand dollars. I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking. Know your holidays, people. <laughs> and this right. has been a great Happy holiday. Holidays. It's been a great this conversation. A Thank you, Cha Cha, for being yeah. here. Thank you, Shane, mm-hmm. for coming up with the idea. Good idea. And thank you, Shane, Thanks and thank you, Dr. Soon. Tim and Mike. Uh, be here. You know, we roll all this around and uh, Let's do it. Yeah. Try to get yeah. out tomorrow, maybe. Gonna uh, roll it up tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Might, might get out the next. We're gonna try to get this out quick so people can enjoy it. Cool. And uh, really appreciate it, guys. Thanks awesome. a lot, and be be safe. That's what we have to say. <laughs>